Welcome to another edition of What the Cross Means to Me, devotional program. This is your host, Rob Holt, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 and AM 930. It is good to be with you as we contemplate fresh perspectives on the meaning of the cross. I am not a theologian, but I am a photographer of over 30 years. And if a picture tells a thousand words, then yes, I guess you could say I preach to the glory of our Creator by capturing, illustrating, and sharing what the Creator has created. My mission is to share the gospel through my imagery, the spoken word, and the written word, shot over a two-year period. The written word for this program is all about that cross-collection, as it matches 30 cross-images with 30 original essays from a wide spectrum of Christian leaders sharing their insights on the cross. The book shares the name as this program, What the Cross Means to Me, by Harvest House Publishing. Each week, we read one of the essays or hymns and ponder the wider meaning of the Word of God. This week's essay is The Old Rugged Cross by the Reverend George Bernard. Here is the hymn. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. On that old rugged cross, so despised by the world, has a wondrous attraction for me, for the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. In that old rugged cross, stained with blood so divine, a wondrous beauty I see, for twas on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me to the old rugged cross I will ever be true its shame and reproach gladly bear then he'll come and call me some day to my home far away where his glory forever I'll share end of hymn that concludes the hymn by the reverend george bernard included in the book, What the Cross Means to Me. There is an image connected to the, to the hymn entitled, The Burning. The Burning was shot after sunset, after the afterglow, but utilizing a long exposure technique with multiple flashes to reflect off the cross. It's a very surreal image with what looks to be like fire to the bottom left and just below the summit of the base of the cross. To me, it looks like the cross is standing as a beacon, a 
above hell itself. This image, the burning, is also the image that was used for the cover of the book, What the Cross Means to Me. But let's talk about the hymn and its writer or composer. During the early years of his ministry, Reverend George Bernard was praying for a full understanding of the cross and its plan for Christianity. It was reported that he spent many hours in study, prayer, and meditation until one day said, I saw the Christ of the cross as if I were seeing John 3.16 leave the printed page, take form, and act out the meaning of redemption. During these days, the theme of what was to be his most successful song came to him, but not from meditation, but in response to ridicule. During the year of 1912, at one service while preaching the Michigan circuit, Bernard was heckled incessantly by several youth. Troubled by their disregard for the gospel, Bernard turned to the scripture to reflect on the work of Christ on the cross. He later recalled, I seem to have a vision. I saw the Christ and the cross inseparable. The melody came easy, and the first verse was completed by Bernard during a series of meetings in Albion, Michigan. But the words that would come were, I will cherish the old rugged cross. Those were the only words he could get past. He struggled for weeks to set the words to the melody he had written. Several months later, the remaining three verses were completed in Pocagone, Michigan, where Bernard was leading meetings at a local church. Old Rugged Cross Day is observed annually at this church, and on a large stone nearby is carved the name of the original singers and the significance of the event. Also, near Pocagone in Reed City, where Bernard retired, a 12-foot-high wooden cross stands on a roadside, honoring the composer. On it are the words, Old Rugged Cross. A sign reminds passers-by that this is the home of the living author, Reverend George Bernard. Introduced before a large convention in Chicago, its fame spread rapidly throughout the Christian world. So why is this hymn so special? Well, it's the cross. So why is the cross so special? Why do hymn writers choose to write about the cross that Jesus died on? Well, we should know that the significance is not the cross— It's not that it is an old cross of wood, or some believe it was a tree. Rather, it's because of the character of the person, of the one who sacrificed himself on the cross. I can tell you why I like it, at least from my perspective, a photographer who shot a cross for several years. And note that The white cross that Bernard's church erected in honor of this hymn is coincidentally a 12-foot white cross. Except, I don't believe in coincidences. But let me interject my perspectives with each verse. So verse 1. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. The cross I found and shot was a lonely cross on an isolated hill 
over 200 feet above the valley floor. Out of all those three years, I recall only once or twice meeting other people up there. It was for me a hill far away, a place to be alone with God. Verse 2, the emblem of suffering and shame. The suffering I felt from the loss of my wife just one year earlier helped me to contemplate the greater suffering his sacrifice entailed, providing me a more peaceful perspective. Verse 3, And I love that old cross where the dearest and best. The isolated area around the cross became my secret place to focus on God and the spirit of the cross and allow God, the Holy Spirit, to focus on me. Verse 4, For a world of lost sinners was slain. My wife was one of those sinners, but because she accepted the gift of salvation, his sacrifice, by accepting it, she did not really die. She was not really dead, but continues to be alive in Christ. Chorus. So, I'll cherish the old rugged cross. When I see a cross, I'm reminded that my wife is still alive in Christ. And if I'm in Christ, then we'll be together soon. It quickens my spirit to know that because of that cross, I'll see my mom again, my grandma, and others that have gone on before me. Again, a peaceful perspective. Verse 5. Till my trophies at last I lay down. This cross collection and all the things that came with it, the art, the book, the products, all the things that I make, and most importantly, the lives I touch by sharing it, would not exist had not my wife headed home early. It wouldn't have existed if my mom, a redeemed heroin addict, had not received the gift of salvation in her life becoming a woman of God and raising me in such a way that a strong foundation of faith was laid to get me through any trial in life. I would not have shot this cross collection without those two things in my life. But as this verse says, I will lay all the trophies down. Meaning when somebody provides some type of encouragement or congratulatory comments on my, on my art, I always say glory to God. Always I say to the glory of God. Verse 6. I will cling to that old rugged cross. Because of what I just mentioned about my mom, the strong foundation of faith, my contemplation on the cross during the years that I shot it, it is my anchor in life. It's the center of my life. It's the gravity in my life. As Reverend George Bernard mentioned, I can't see a difference between Christ and the cross. Verse 7, And exchange it someday for a crown. I do not deserve a crown, but am sowing and reaping because I love Jesus and want to do what I can to bring new citizens to the kingdom of heaven. Verse 8, On that old rugged cross so despised by the world, at gallery shows, craft fairs, and even the day job I had when I first compiled this collection, I had some people incredulous that I would ever think that something like this cross 
could be considered art. I, s I would never have realized it if I had not shot the cross and tried to share it through my art. How some people have such a negative view of the cross. How some people despise the cross. When I attempted craft fairs for a while, I would literally watch people during the slow times as they would walk towards my booth. They hadn't seen the booth yet, but as they would come to right before my booth, they would look up and see my work, and in an instant, such that you could feel it in your spirit, they would turn their head away and walk away very fast. Um, of course, I would say a prayer for them as they walked away, um, not taking it as negative, but my interpretation is that the Holy Spirit was convicting them, which to me is the root of this symptom, which others would see as them despising the cross. I feel the Holy Spirit is convicting them. Verse 9, has a wondrous attraction for me. You know, as a photographer, I am mesmerized at how an image of the cross meets so many um, rules of art and rules of photography, especially the rules of thirds. Um, it, it lines up perfectly. <laughs> um, there must be a sacred geometry to the cross. I'm not sure how to quantify it, but I'm always mesmerized by the simplicity and beauty of the cross. Verse 10, for the dear Lamb of God left his glory above. I do not fully understand why God chose to become man, but I accept and appreciate that he knows what I and we go through. Think about that. He left his glory to become one of us, to save all of us. Verse 11, to bear it to dark Calvary. I don't understand what he must have experienced after his death when he had to travel to the netherworld, a.k.a. Hades or hell, to take back the keys to death, hell, and the grave. I have no idea how that experience must have been for him, but I'm so glad that he did. Verse 12. In that old rugged cross, stained with blood so divine. Some theological philosophers argue that only one drop of Jesus' blood would have been needed to save all of mankind. So why did God propose or purpose death on a cross? Verse 13. A wondrous beauty I see. There is something appealing in sacrifice. It's the stuff that good movies and books and songs are made of. Stories of sacrifice of, say, a parent for their child or what an ice skater may go through uh, to sacrifice and give up to get to the Olympics. A wife for her husband, say, when he is away serving his country or what the soldier gives up for his country. Sacrifice is never easy, but most often the result is beautiful. Verse 14. For twas on that old cross Jesus suffered and died. As the bad thief taunted him, 
Jesus, theologians say, could have called down legions of angels to save him. But Jesus was obedient to death, death on the cross, to save all of us. Verse 15, to pardon and sanctify me. The blood of Jesus paid the overwhelming debt my Adamic nature had racked up. And the joy of my soul's cleansing and the clearing of the account set me apart and commissions me to share this opportunity with others. Verse 16, to the old rugged cross, I will ever be true. Because of the joy, love, and peace I feel from being pardoned and sanctified, and because of the life-shattering presence of God I felt when God took my wife's hand from me, when, when she flatlined, I could never not stay on this road to righteousness. Nothing someone else can say or do will deviate me from this path. Verse 17, It's shame and reproach gladly bear. At my first gallery show, it was a shared show, and a fellow artist and her friends, not knowing that I was the photographer, went on and on about how ugly these images were, how much of a symbol of hate it was, and how much bad it brought into the world, how stupid this guy must think to believe that this could be art. Well, as those comments were sinking in, starting to create a little itch of doubt in the back of my neck, a colleague that I invited to the show entered. Now, I could see him. He couldn't see me. And while I'm literally still listening to negative comments behind me, I could see him go look at the first cross, the second cross, and at the third cross, he put his head in his hands and began weeping intensely. That reaction I have witnessed over the years that followed, and it provides me an iron skin to face any negative or hate-filled energy directed at me. Verse 18, then he'll call me someday to my home far away. I look forward to the day when I will be absent here and in the presence of my Lord and Savior for all eternity and to be reunited with my loved ones. Verse 19, where his glory forever I'll share. As I mentioned earlier, I do not deserve to share in his glory. But if it means I get to see all the fruit that developed from the seeds I planted, then I'm excited to be with him in his glory. As I always say to someone when they congratulate me, remember I say, I always say glory to God. My intention is not for recognition or accolades but to use my art and talents to make aware to those in darkness, to remove the veil interfering with their spiritual eyes, that there is light around them, and to lead them in that awareness to the source of all light, the creator of their body and soul. The kind of glory I share in is when lightning would strike at a gallery show or a craft fair. So I mentioned one, his name was Renee. And he walked in to that gallery show in Seattle. Another one was uh, Karen. She went to one of my early shows, uh, a daughter of a pastor, but had grown up to become atheist. 
Um, she told me later the reason she cried wasn't the images themselves, but the names that were associated with the images, and something struck her heart. I had a man come to my booth in San Mateo at a craft fair who couldn't stop crying for about five minutes. We had a beautiful time of uh, sharing and praying together. We had a lady in Calusa who, with her son looking at her very strangely, um, could not talk for a minute. She kept trying to talk. There was one image that really called out to her, and it was causing her to weep. Then there was a young Asian a deaf man who kept pointing to my image with the lightning and kept saying, that's my life. That's my life. That's my life. It started making me cry. <laughs> so that's the kind of glory that I wish to share when my art can bring somebody to feel the gospel, not just hear the gospel. So there are some other reasons to cherish the cross from an author named Ray Swift that I really like. He said that the old rugged cross of Christ is the Father's goal or purpose. He said that the old rugged cross was not a second thought from the Father, but it was always a way to bring humility or it was always a way to bring humanity back to him. Not a second thought from God or a plan B. It was planned from Genesis. The cross was planned before creation, before Adam and Eve, and yes, before sin. All, and I mean all that Jesus endured was planned from his Father before anything existed. Jesus, leaving heaven, having a holy conception, was the goal of cross of the cross. Jesus incarnate, born of flesh and walking on this earth and committing no sin, was the goal of the cross. His trial, trials, plural, his suffering, plural, sufferings, and shame, the nails, the... the crown of thorns pressed into his skull, the accusations, the spitting, the beard pulling, was all a part of bringing men back to himself. It was the son's total submission. As we see in Philippians 2, 5 through 11, without broken humility, there is no submission, and yet in humility, there is complete submission. Remember, when Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Does this speak of Jesus' weakness or about his rebellion? Absolutely not. Rather, it speaks of his willingness to obey. It screams submission. As he prayed, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. All that said, let's dissect the him a little more. I relate with Bernard's word, words about wanting to give a sense of the gospel coming off the page, taking form and acting out redemption. Coincidentally, that's the same intention I have for the viewer of my cross images. In Philippians 2.2, Paul is encouraging the Philippians to be of the same mind as Christ. That's a lofty goal, isn't it? But Paul clearly expects that his followers to do just that in every way possible to be like him. Jesus said, make my joy complete, be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. 
Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourself. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Jesus, though he could call himself equal with God, though he was in the form of God, instead Jesus surrendered any power, any advantage, emptied himself, took the form of a slave, became one of us, lived a life of deep humility, and obeyed God's direction, even when that direction led to Jesus' death on the cross. When God asks us to arrange or rearrange our lives, we're not being asked to do anything that God did not already do in Christ. George Bernard didn't want to lose sight of what the cross signified. Jesus told us that to follow him, we must take up the cross. The cross, which symbolized the difficult, life-sacrificing journey that Jesus ultimately had to make to be faithful to God's call. The old rugged cross is a reminder to us that the faith we claim is more than a tradition into which we are born. It's more than a gathering of friends once a week. The life we choose is one that sets us apart if we are faithful to Jesus' teachings, one that invites God in to be in God to take our lives and make them new creations, new arrangements, and new compositions. As Reverend Bernard penned this song, we cherish the old rugged cross, the symbol of obedience and sacrifice, the symbol of empathy, the symbol of glory, the symbol of humility, and the symbol of peace, the symbol of the life we choose in Jesus Christ. Even though it's just about a hundred years ago, the song is, the message of this great hymn is as new today. On this earth, we cling and cherish the old rugged cross, but one day in heaven, it will be exchanged for a crown. With all that is going on in the world these days, especially a rise in the return of persecutions of Christians, be encouraged. Remember, Pruning, no matter how painful, brings forth much fruit and increases your treasure in heaven. For anyone listening that would like to know the love, joy, and peace being in Christ can bring to you, then simply reach out to God right now. Ask, like my heroin-addicted mother asked, God to change you and to save you. Ask him. My mom's prayer was, God, if you are real, then change me. Save me from my sinful knife. And that was it. She was a woman of God ever since. You can change too. Ask Jesus into your life today. And if you are a Christian but have been struggling, ask him to be reconciled with you. Ask Jesus to be in you and for you to be in Christ today. And with that, go in grace and may God keep you in his perfect peace. Thanks for listening to What the Cross Means to Me, devotional program heard every week 
on KKXX Life Radio. If you'd like to view the images discussed, check out our website or Magi Media on Instagram. And if you'd like to learn more about how you can fundraise through the Magi Cross products or donate the Magi Cross ministry, log on to magicross.com. That is M-A-J-I-C-R-O-S-S dot com. <laughs>